Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and we are so delighted once again to come to you on this Wednesday, July 15th of 2020. It is always a pleasure uh, to have our listeners come and join us. We thank you, and we pray that you have enjoyed, especially just our last series that we just finished uh, yesterday on the Song of Solomon. And I invite you to listen to it again or uh, or to share it with somebody as there was so much that we were able to get in poetry. We were able to see prophecy and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're excited today uh, and we're excited about where we're going to be at maybe the next few days and about what we're going to be seeing today in the scriptures. So have your Bible ready and and have your heart ready to receive what God has for us. It's always a pleasure to be here with the panel, with Brother Marty, with Brother Fernando, and Brother Jeremiah uh, as we come together and we study the Word of God. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart today as we study the Word of God together. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back another day and looking at the Word of God. And we're going to begin a new series today. We're going to be looking at at the Gospel of St. John, and of course, we'll, as, as is our custom, we will go through different other parts of the of the Scripture to to give a full and and uh, and better picture and understanding at, at many of the events that transpired in what we're about to look at. In in preparing for these these podcasts, uh, I really felt like the Lord wanted us to to go back to to explore something that sometimes we take for granted. You know, we, we just, uh, we read certain stories, we become familiar with them. And, and then we, we have a tendency not to fully, you know, allow the spirit to allow us to explore and see if we can see some further information. And so that's kind of what happened to me. I began to look at these things and said, man, this is amazing what we're about to see. And, and so I pray that it, it blesses you. So, Get your Bibles out, and and, and uh, we're going to take our time as usual. We're not in a hurry, and uh, and, and we want to dig into these things and, and see what we can glean by the grace of the Lord. So we're going to begin today looking at one particular day, one particular day in history, and that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And so we're going to begin our study uh, reading out of John's Gospel. A lot of things happened that day, and I pray that that we get a chance to uh, to glean some information. And some things will be familiar, some things will make us think, some things will really encourage, bless us, and challenge us as we explore Resurrection Day, the day of the resurrection. So let's uh, let's take a look at this, and we're going to begin well into the story, but that'll be our launching point, and then we'll we'll get into it. And so, Brother Jeremy, uh, could you uh, read to us? Uh, beginning with the 18th and the 19th verses of John yes. chapter 20. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Amen. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace 
be unto you. Well, praise the Lord. Peace be unto you. We're going to explore what did he mean by that, peace be unto you. And we need to understand as well, it's it's the resurrection day we're talking about. And, and, uh, and brothers, I just want to throw out there before we get started, um, you know, just jump in whenever you feel inspired to, to teach or say something as we go into this. Because we're going to cover a lot of scripture over the next couple of days. And just basically uh, comment on what we see there and what it is the Lord is revealing. So whatever, whenever you feel like uh, you, you want to contribute, just jump in. Otherwise, you know me, I can talk for hours without taking a breath. So I'm <laughs> just encouraging you to jump in anytime. So I want to read this because what Brother Jeremy was talking about in verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, John chapter 20, verse 19, so we know what we know from that to begin with it, it's it's the evening it's the sun's getting ready to set and we find our heroes of the faith uh, uh hiding in, in in a home with the doors shut absolutely trembling and afraid the bible says there for fear of the jews and into the midst of this the lord comes and he stands and he says to them peace be unto you but before we get to this point, because really what verse 19 is revealing is the end of the day. But the day didn't start that. This is Resurrection Day. So when we pick it up here in verse 19, it's the conclusion of the day and what happened at the end of the day. And as we go into this, I, I just want to take a look and, and, and take a journey and, and look at the whole day. Because so much happened that day. So many people were impacted on that one day. Tremendous things happened that day. And and in many ways, uh, like it says in, in John chapter 20, verse 1, it was the first day of the week. More than just being the first day on the calendar, it was literally the first day of the beginning of all things. It was resurrection day. And so when I was thinking here, brothers, when I was looking at this, I was just thinking of trying to dig in and to sink and to put our place, you know, ourselves in this place with these men. You know, it, it's it's the third day, you know, after after the crucifixion. And 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 as we've talked about and discussed in several of the podcasts over the last several months now, you know, I want to look at at what really led up to to this point as we're beginning to read in the scripture here. What led up to it? Think about what these men had been through. It's kind of ironic that where we pick up the story today, we find them in the house, we find them the doors shut, and we find them absolutely in fear for their lives. And when I began to think about that today, I, I, it took me all the way back to to where where it all began for them. You know, I mean, there've been a whole whirlwind of events that basically had had occurred in their lives. You know, when we think about about you know go back to the account in john chapter one where where it's revealed to us there that john and andrew right they were disciples of john the baptist you know and it was from that that ministry of john the baptist that john who's writing this gospel and andrew peter's brother um they would first uh be the ones to hear that that john would identify jesus as as the lord and and what would then begin to happen to them from that point on, their lives, you know, what would transpire? And and as we find ourselves here in verse 19, let me think about it. 
it's been a it's been quite a week <laughs> for these guys, right? Right. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, they've been walking with the Lord for three and a half years, and it all culminated coming in, coming into Jerusalem, uh, that that final Passover week, and they had just spent the last seven days with Him. Um, you know, think about remember what we talked about early on in March. You know, uh, leading up to this week, uh, this this week of Calvary. Um, they had witnessed the Lord uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. They had mm. they had witnessed uh, the, uh, the 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 great entry into Jerusalem, where everybody was holding palm branches and shouting Hosanna to the King. I I was thinking about that this morning and thinking, you know, even though he had warned them and told them all along what his mission and purpose was, you remember uh, in in Matthew 16 when when Peter uh, proclaims when Jesus said, uh, who, "Who do men say that I am?" Right? right, and some some said some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say you're Jeremiah or Elijah or one of the prophets. And he, and then he yes. said, "Well, who do you say that I am?" Right? And Peter said, yes. "You're you're 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 the Christ. You're the Son of the Living God." And so he tells him, "Blessed art thou, Simon Bar Jonah." Because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, he's revealed this to you. And then right. from that point on, remember, it says there in Matthew 16, I believe, as he began to tell them, uh, you know, that I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die. And that's when Peter interrupts him and says, no, that can't be right. You know, <laughs> that, ain't what, that ain't what we understand your mission is, right? We thought you're coming as a conquering king. So, you know, it's weird how human nature is even though they had been being told all these things, they still came into Jerusalem and, and they have this massive celebration as he comes riding into Jerusalem on this donkey and, and they're laying their garments in the streets, they're shouting with palm branches. And, and it seemed at that point that there would be this great victory. You know, the emotion of the event seemed to, you know, just being human, you would almost forget what it is that you had been being told for three and a half years was the actual mission of your master. So a whole whirlwind of events had taken place, and we know that that they had already gone through the, uh, by the time we're reading this scripture, they had already gone through the Passover. They had already uh, cut the new covenant with the Lord. Um, they had been in Gethsemane with him. They had seen Judas come with the soldiers and arrest him and take him away. Peter had had denied the Lord, even at the Last Supper when he told the Lord, if everybody denies you, I'm not going to deny you. But he had denied the Lord uh, three times and went out and wept bitterly. John, with Mary and the other women, followed Jesus all the way through his trial, his scourging, his carrying of the cross, and then his crucifixion. And he was there at the cross when the Lord died and said, it is finished, and he, he gave up the ghost. So the last several days of their life had been had been extraordinary events. You know, they sat on the Mount of Olives. We were talking about that in the past few podcasts, right? In Matthew twenty-four, where where he had unveiled the history of of, of hu- humankind all the way till the end and his second coming. It just blows me away because think about what he shared in those moments in that whole week. I, I can't imagine what your mind must have been like. You know, just as a person. I mean, what, 
And we have to also think about the, the incredible presence of God, because what was actually transpiring in that week was the conflict of all the ages, both eternity, where there is no time and space, so to speak, and time and space all coming together on a hill called Calvary, right? On Golgotha, where they would crucify the Lord. It, everything, eternity, past and present and future led up to that moment of the crucifixion something so far beyond their thought and their their concept of God that when it happened, even though he had told them, it absolutely shattered their world. Everything that they had hoped in, everything that they had experienced for three and a half years, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, the miracles, the astounding messages they heard, the intimate moments of teaching that was exclusive to them, the hopes uh, uh, that they had, uh, that this, this was the Messiah, this is our Lord, all of it seemed to be gone on a hill called Calvary. And and to me, you know, the last three, three and a half years that they had lived had, you know, had brought them to this moment. It's kind of extraordinary to me. I mean, if you think about it, because it all began three and a half years before. And we know that there was a point, because Mark's gospel reveals it to us, where he came by and, and he had said, you know, uh, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the journey begins, right? They left everything behind. They left their wives, their children, their businesses, their homes. They left everything behind. John and John and James left their dad in the boat <laughs> and went to follow him, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they left everything yeah. behind, you know, and 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 they became for 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 a moment they became the the great ministry of of the month club, right? I mean, they, they, they're everywhere they go. I mean, they they're they're traveling with the most famous evangelists in the world, right? I mean, everywhere they go, there's tens of thousands of people trying to get to their Messiah, trying to get to Jesus. So at right. one moment they they felt like we've made this great choice, right? We, we we did we actually stumbled into something awesome. But here we find them in verse 19, where Jeremy started reading. It's been three and a half years, and and as far as they know, the Lord's dead. He died in a bloody and horrible, cruel way. And and now you know they we find them here about a hundred miles away from home and the sun's going down and they are shut in a room. And the Bible says that they're absolutely fearing for their life. All of it culminated right there. That's where they are. I can't imagine because remember, we're not just talking about any other day. This isn't the first day after the crucifixion. This is resurrection day. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, think about this. And the sun's almost ready to go down, and they still haven't seen him, right? They, they, it, it, I mean, as a whole, they haven't seen him. There's been We're going to see here in a second. That's not the case, though. Throughout the day, he begins to appear. And, it, and it's pretty cool as, as it unfolds, because uh, before we get to, to here, you know, uh, this verse 19, where he stands in the midst and says, peace unto you. I think we need to discuss uh, 
the, the actual day as a whole. And let, let's just follow and see where the scripture leads us and what brought us to this moment where he says, peace unto you. Because remember, the day is almost over. It's the third day. It's the resurrection day. But let's go back and look at something in John chapter 20, verse 1. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy? John chapter 20, yes. verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and see it the stone take, taken away from the sepulchre. So here the day begins. When we start in verse 19, the day's just about over. Um, but but the day begins, and our attention is drawn by John um, to Mary Magdalene. And so when we first see this day, which ends with Jesus standing in the midst of that room we were just talking about in verse 19, it doesn't start there. The day starts here with Mary Magdalene. And the Bible emphasizes in verse 1 that it was early and it was still dark, so there wasn't even a hint of light, you know, probably somewhere around 4 o'clock in the morning maybe. And, uh, and, and the Bible emphasizes it was still dark. But she comes to the sepulcher, and she sees something. She sees the stone has been taken away, which to me is really cool if you think about it, right? Because the sun hasn't even come up, but he's already risen from the dead, right? We know. <laughs> but all she saw was the stone has been rolled away. I was thinking about her this morning because the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 8, verse 2, that that Mary... Um, can you read that, Brother Jeremy, in Luke chapter 8? Yes. It I says, um, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, call, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went out seven devils. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Because this is this is the one out of all of them. This is the one that, that comes to the tomb even before the sun oh. is up. That's powerful. Wow. And I read <laughs> and I sense his presence. Yeah, I read that this morning, brothers, and I, I wept. I, I cried, you know, because the Holy Spirit began to make, as 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 I know you all do too, think about, you know, it doesn't say that she had like some problems in her life. <laughs> it really? said that she she had she was possessed, violently possessed, uh, by seven demonic spirits, yeah. and 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 the Lord cast them out of her. And, you know, now tradition says a lot of things about her, but but it really, you know, some say she was a harlot and all that, but, but the scripture doesn't say that about her. We know that she's a woman of means uh, because when you read there in the Luke's account, she she's with other women like Joanna and, and others that, that ministered to the Lord of their substance. We're not really told what it was that, that her, that led to this possession of her. But, but what we are told is that Jesus cast it out all of them. And so when we see here in, in the first day of the week, she's she's being driven by by a sense of I don't know, I mean think about it, bro. I mean, I mean we've all been set free by the Lord. You know, we've been set free by him. 
and so had so many other people. But what fascinates me is is that is that she, in the middle of the night, there's no one else with her. I mean, there is another account in the Gospels where a couple other women are with her. They go with her. But John emphasizes her. And so that's what we're choosing to focus on. Uh, walking in the night, wanting to be close to her Lord, not even knowing or or really realizing that he had risen from the dead. It wasn't even within her mind. But, I, you know, it's very difficult to dig into the emotion of it, but you can sense it. You know, she's the one that comes. She's the one. And in many ways, uh, it's a beautiful picture uh, of God restoring uh, what was once lost by by Eve, our mother, right? <laughs> the mother of us all, so to speak. Yes. Uh, it, the, the first one that comes to the tomb is a woman. And it was the woman that was beguiled by the serpent. And so it's very interesting that that it's the one who had seven devils cast out of her that comes looking for him. And then verse 2, when she sees that the stone is taken away, uh, again, remember, this is Resurrection Day. We haven't got to verse 19, which is at the end of the day, but this is how the day begins. And it's really, really cool when we begin to look at it. When she sees the stone, she doesn't even look inside at this point she just sees it rolled away and we know from other accounts in the gospels right that that uh, a whole contingent of roman soldiers had been there remember he, he, Pilate dispatched all them soldiers but they're not there anymore <laughs> something's happened obviously right and it kind of scared her but she was driven to go uh search for her lord and and when she sees the stone is taken away uh can you read verse two to us brother jeremy Yes. Then she run it and come it to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and say it unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they had laid him. That's incredible. We kind of get a sense of this is the first day, right? This is resurrection day. She's the first one to testify of these things. But we see her emotions. There's almost like a fear there, right, in verse 2? Because the Bible says she started running, <laughs> right? She started running, man, uh, in the dark, running. And, and, and she goes to look for Simon Peter and for John. He, he He's very humble. He only calls himself the other disciple uh, whom Jesus loved. And he said unto them, this is uh, we get an insight into what's going on in her mind. We see her on the first day before the sun comes up. We know this is the woman who has experienced a deliverance from the Lord unparalleled in history, really to that point. I mean, casting out of seven devils. There's a love there. There's a, there's an intimacy there. Whether he lives or dies, this is this this man, this this Messiah, this this one we believed in. She goes searching for him. On the third day, um, she she goes and finds the stone rolled away. And then verse 2, uh, she begins to run to go tell them. I, I, I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to be melodramatic here, but it is dramatic, man. What was going through her mind? 
running right. in, in in the middle of the night. You know, what was, I mean, think about the rapid thoughts that must have been bombarding her. You know, the confusion, the the hope, the, the, the not sure. I'm not sure about anything right now, right? I'm just running in the night. I'm running in the night. And and I'm going to to. Doesn't it sound a lot like Song of Solomon? Have you seen my love? Where is he? Right. (laughs) Where is my beloved? Right. Where have you? Where 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 is he? I mean, that's what she's doing. She's running. She runs. Uh, You know, she was afraid. This is you know we 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 look again. Like I said when we started talking about this, I mean we read these things and we're so familiar with them. But my goodness, man, when when you really dig into this and, and let the Spirit of God take us into places of, of human emotion. And, you know, we're living on the other side of this, right? So we look back and go, oh, that's the, wow. But no, they, think of the incredible, no one had ever risen from the dead, <laughs> you know? Mm. So, so and, and let alone impact the world. And, and each individual life that's accounted for us in the gospel here. So all of that's wrapped up in this in this precious saint of God, this this Mary Magdalene running in the dark. You know, this isn't there wasn't street lamps, right? There was no electricity. There, I mean, there, she's running through the dark from the Mount of Olives because that's where the Garden of Gethsemane is. So she's running down a mountain. She's crossing the River Kidron. She's running into Jerusalem, man, and she's going to look. This is nighttime. You got... she probably had a lamp with her, you know. Probably had yeah. a lamp with her, and that makes me think of the ten virgins. <laughs> that that's night. good. I like right. that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And and there she goes, right, running, and she comes to Simon Peter and the other disciple. But then we get another insight into what what she concluded, right? Can you read that again, brother Jeremy? What she yeah. said to them. They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. So we get an ex- uh, uh, it's it's a desperate thing, right? They've taken him. <laughs> so we get an insight into what was going on emotionally with her. He's gone, and and the they who are they talking about? She must have assumed it was the Roman soldiers, right? Because there's nobody around the tomb. All she saw was the stone rolled away. And and they came to the conclusion when she says, we don't know that in the other gospels, we know there were other women with her. But John's emphasizing her experience here. So we understand what they came to the conclusion. We don't know where they've laid him. That implies that maybe they, they looked, right? Maybe they went other places and searched for him. We don't know where he is. And they come running to the disciples and, and, there's so much emotion there. And this is the beginning of her day. <laughs> this is how Resurrection Day began. And and it sets the tone for everything that's about to unfold throughout the day until Jesus finally makes his appearance to them and says, peace be unto you. There's so much wrapped up in that phrase now as we just, we've just begun to explore what was going on here. So the next several verses from John 3 through 10. I don't know if you want to go through them, but you know, it gives the account of how she goes and 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 well look what look how they reacted when she tells Peter and John. 
you know, uh, what happened. Uh, read verse, can you read that, brother, there? verse 3 and 4? Yes. And 5? <laughs> yes. Peter's now they're, wait, 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 wait. Let me say this, because now their day is beginning, right? Think about them. Here she comes. It's been three days now. I mean, the first day you're kind of like, you know, in shock. The second day, depression and fear start setting in. And 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 you probably haven't slept for many many hours, right? So you're exhausted, and then suddenly on the third day, and now probably the light's just beginning to, you know, to pierce the darkness. As the day's beginning, you hear a pounding at the door, and it's Mary Magdalene telling you they've taken the body of the Lord. I mean, my goodness, I'm already exhausted, right? <laughs> Anxiety. <laughs> And that's how your day begins, right? <laughs> day gets going. <laughs> it's like, good morning, Peter and John. Guess what? <laughs> <All right. laughs> right. As if the last two days haven't been full of anxiety. And then <laughs> finally you're about to get maybe a little bit of rest on the third day. Maybe. And, yes. and then somebody comes to pound on your door. <laughs> My goodness. And yes. she's desperate. You know she's been crying. Yes. She's weeping. Yes. She's disillusioned. She's scared. I mean, all of that is in the air. But there's something about this morning. It's di- Hallelujah. It's different. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's yeah, different than yeah. any morning has ever been in the history of the planet. <laughs> mm. Glory to God. There's never been a morning like this, man. <laughs> He's uh, not there. He's alive, right? I mean, there's never a morning like this. And and how, how do you even describe such drama? You know, how do you even put it into adequate words? What we're talking about here. He's the beginning of the creation of God. It's begun. You know, it's begun. Yeah. But it starts yeah. in such, you know, such emotional turmoil, man, that's going to give way you a joy unspeakable. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Somebody say something because I'm about to go absolutely emotionally crazy here, man. This is amazing to be because it's the greatest day. It's the greatest day. It's why you and me are even know each other. Because yes. Yes. <laughs> Mary found the stone was rolled away. <laughs> Lord, okay. oh, Lord. Lord, okay. you, Hallelujah. So so how does Peter react? You read that three, four, and five. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. It's okay. Peter therefore went forth, that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. That's incredible. So she comes, and like you said, right, she comes, and, 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 you know, it's early now, man. It's just when the light's coming up, right? The day has just begun, and that's how their day begins. It's already been a traumatic three and a half years. They're, they're absolutely wrung out, exhausted, and and here she is saying, you know what, his, his body's missing. And I think that the reaction and the way that John writes it he starts with Peter, and he says, Peter goes forth with him, but he mentions Peter. And and if we dig into that, you know, and really reflect on that, 
um, it makes sense, right? Because remember, the last time that Peter sees uh, Jesus is is when Jesus is coming uh, and being led away to Pilate's house, and the rooster crows for the third time. And it says in in, in the account of Luke that Peter saw Jesus looking right at him as they were leading Jesus out to Pontius Pilate to go over there and and put him on trial. And and Peter had just finished denying the Lord the third time after he said he would never do such a thing. And their eyes meet and the the rooster crows and he remembered what Jesus had told him at at the supper. And and the Bible says he went out and, and, and wept bitterly. And so so when we see in verse three here that we're being told that this is the first day, right? This is the third day afterwards, and, and it's the resurrection morning. The sun's barely even starting to come up. And John points out how Peter immediately bolts out of the house <laughs> with him. But he emphasizes Peter. And I think that when we when we when we reflect on that as well, imagine the imagine what was going through his mind. Again. You know, we're talking. You guys can say something anytime you want. <laughs> Imagine what's going through his mind, man. I mean, again, we're talking about about such traumatic events, and this one day, uh, it's all about to change. But but it but it hasn't changed yet. See, until you see the resurrected Lord, you will always carry with you. The, the the sadness of life without the resurrected Lord. That that's why this day is important, because we're we're not believing a religion or a philosophy or some some imagined way of a better life to live while we're here on this planet. Everything hinges on what we're discussing right here, because until you see him, right. You carry with you the shame of a denial like a Peter. You carry with you a, a longing and a sadness and a depression like a Mary who no longer had the one man who was able to set her free and loved her for her. You, you carry with you all of these these emotions and sadness like a, like a baggage over a lifetime. So without seeing the resurrected Lord, it, it, it stays with you. And Peter dared, I don't know what went through his mind, but I know that John points out he he, he bolts out the door. And, and him and John, right, they both start running there. Whether it was because they were the key apostles, Peter, James, and John, you know, whether they felt a sense of whatever, or whether it was Peter running through the night, yeah. uh, carrying all that baggage, right? Yes. Brother Marty, yes. Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking right now and meditating, and just a few days before that, Peter probably found himself at his lowest point. He had yeah. just denied his master three times. The Bible says that he wept bitterly, bitterly. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what that must have felt, and all the emotion and all that he went through, but. Yet, through all of this, a few days later, because the Bible says that Mary ran, and it says directly she cometh to Simon Peter 
it, and it just and it just mentioned Simon, and then it says and the rest of the disciples, yeah. telling us that the, these few days, you know, he it, he he didn't cower down, even though he he cried bitter, he didn't cower down. He found some comfort amongst his disciples, perhaps comforting him, you know, and and still looking up to him, you know, as because she went to him. The Bible says, right? Right. And, and I think that that's beautiful. Uh, that's beautiful of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and and how God is. Because one moment he's at his lowest; he had just denied, but yet Mary goes to him, you know. Yeah. And you know, it, it just it's it's very touching, you know, how yeah. why the Holy Spirit would have John write and mention Peter, you know, the same one that yeah. just a few days before had denied yeah. his master. That's very, that's exactly right. That's a very, you know, and you think about that, you know, you have the two, um, like we said, you know, the one who had had the seven devils cast out of her. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I can't even imagine. I can, unfortunately, but I can't imagine uh, that night, you know, or that morning. I mean, it. we've all been there, you know, unfortunately, uh, some greater than others. Paul talked about right. himself being the chiefest of sinners, right? I mean, you carry with you carry with you those events. Even running to the tomb, which both John and Peter did that morning at the beginning of the day. Um, what was racing through their mind? I mean, it's it's a run that I think that. You know, we've had I've heard preachers talk about the fact of of verse uh, verse four where it says they both ran together, right? Mm. And but then it says and that the other disciple outran Peter, mm. and he came to the sepulchre first. I've heard preachers talk about, wow, well, you know, that shows John was you know like Usain Bolt, man. I mean, he was just really fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it at all. Yeah. I don't think that's it at all. I think they started out running together, but I think that the closer that they got to the tomb, and I'm just speculating based on yeah. someone who's, who's failed the Lord miserably in my life. Yeah. You know, the hope, the initial hope and, and, and adrenaline rush gives way as you run along the road to the sepulcher everything that happened that night that he betrayed him is replaying in his mind. And I think it slowed him down. I think that the enemy really began to weigh down on him. Mm. It's not a matter of one guy being faster than the other. It's the weight of the guilt, the shame. What if I run into him? What am I going to say to him? What if he's actually risen? What if maybe all those things were running through their mind? But John didn't carry the same guilt, did he? No. He walked with him all the way. He was there mm -hmm. all the way. He went into Caiaphas' house. He was there yes. at the trial. He was there at the scourgings. He was there on Calvary with Mary and the others. The only one. So his run was a different kind of run. Yet it was still a run that, that, that was hopeful and desirous and all that. But Peter's run was different. You see the weight of, of, of an un cleansed soul yes yes so but what's cool 
<laughs> which I think is cool, right? He needed this, right? Look at verse 5. So he's stooping down, that is John, uh, looking in. He saw the linen clothes lying, yet he wouldn't go in. Now, there's reasons why he didn't go in. By now, you got to imagine it's probably about 7 in the morning around that time. So there's full right. light because he can, he can see into the tomb. So we know the light has hit it. Maybe the sun's coming up. Well, we know this, right? We know that. Check this out. I never really thought about this. But the Mount of Olives is, is where this tomb was. And, mm. and, and that's facing uh, Mount Moriah where the tabernacle is. I mean, where the temple is. And the sun rises in the east. And 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 it would shine on those two pillars where the Holy of Holies is and the temple is, right? Well, that means that that somewhere around there, maybe when the sun was coming up, maybe maybe the light, you know, from the sun. And I'm just speculating here, but maybe it beamed all the way into that tomb, so that John could see. You know, he could see. There's nothing in there. <laughs> but uh, when it wow. says that the <laughs> when it says that the linen clothes were lying there but he wouldn't go in <clears throat> that's what we were talking about when we when we did our podcast series on on uh on uh on nicodemus who no on nicodemus remember how we talked about uh where nicodemus came to meet with the lord that night it was quite possibly at john's house in jerusalem yes yes because he, he he's he was more than likely a levite or or of the levitical priesthood which is how he also knew about john and all that but anyway uh, but he, the reason he wouldn't go in is because remember what the Levitical law says that you can't touch a dead body if you're a priest, right? Mm. You're, it, it'll defile you. You can't you can't be in contact with a dead body um, like that. And and so I think that's why he didn't go in at first. He still carried with him that that you know that Levitical understanding. But when we when Peter wasn't a priest, right? In verse six, can you read verse six, brother? Yes, it says, Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. Yes, he didn't stay outside, bro. You know, when he, when he finally came in, he came in there and, and he's going to investigate. You know, I don't know, you know, how deep we can get into this because we could spend the rest until Jesus comes just going through these scriptures, but. There's so much, uh, you know, that you understand as a man, right? Uh, what you wouldn't understand as a child. But here we have, it's interesting how John shows conflict. Because remember in verse, in verse 3, what does he call him in verse 3, Brother Jeremy? Uh, Peter therefore went forth and... Yeah, he calls, him, he calls him, yeah, he calls him Peter, right? Oh, okay, yes. And in mm. verse four he calls it in verse four he calls him Peter, right? Right. So they ran together, the other disciple did outrun Peter. But here when we get to to the sixth verse, he's called what? Simon Peter. Yes. He he he's still he's when he comes to investigate the tomb, he's a conflicted nature. He's still dual dual nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's yeah. being revealed here. And I think I think we see here by the Spirit of God that struggle in the run to the tomb. He runs with great hopefulness because Jesus was the one who calls him the rock, right? 
But as he gets closer to the tomb, he slows down. And if we can allow the Spirit to to show us hints here, and I'm speaking spiritually to you now, um, something happened in him, the, the, the conflict. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, casting down imagination. You know, when Peter writes about the devil, you know, seek as whom he may devour, and he talks about girding up the loins of your mind, you know, th- these are these are things that, that give us insight into things that he learned and was taught in all these experiences. And how the Holy Spirit writes here in chapter uh, 20, verse 6, when he comes to the sepulcher, he's no longer just identified as Peter. He's called Simon Peter. And I believe that be- because something happened, you know, he's, he's, he's not fully Peter at this point. He's both. It's the spirit and the flesh. It's the hope and the despair, all of it. It's the conflicted soul that goes into this sepulcher and, and, and finds what he found, right? There's nothing there. And then verse 8 says what, brother? Verse 8 says, Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. Notice what it says. What it doesn't say. What doesn't it say there, brothers? Let's ask that question. It doesn't say what? he did not believe. Well, it doesn't it say believed. Peter believed. Right. Right. Right? Yes. It says yes. it says it says John believed. John believed. Right? Let's read it again. Simon Peter, verse 6, follows, uh, following John, he goes into the tomb, the sepulcher, and he sees the linen clothes there and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in that other disciple, which is John, right, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and he believed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. So what do we <laughs> Verse six, that's why we see him called Simon Peter. That's that's what I was putting forth there was that that go ahead, you were gonna say so? No, 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 you're you're right. this where we see the conflict that even after the resurrection, the only one really that believed was John. And it seems yes. as we we were, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the next verse we'll see that the rest of the disciples or the rest of the people uh, had not, they, as he said, that they knew not the scripture, that he must right. rise again from the dead. So there was still a, a struggle there. But John did believe. That's John what I'm believed. Saying, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he believed. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, it is a principle in scripture um, that God uses uh, names to indicate uh, the position uh that uh, whatever character in scripture is being uh spoken of or or we're reading about uh, a great example of that is is, is uh, Jacob and, yeah. and the holy spirit will would at times call him Jacob and sometimes we call him Israel right uh i guess right. it all de- depending on his faith at that particular moment so it's it's quite interesting that that you bring that Good out point. concerning Simon Peter um, so mm-hmm. we see 
is by design of the Holy Spirit to teach us something, if we, if we have eyes to see, um, that he was dealing with Peter, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we know that Peter, uh, for whatever reason, didn't have the, the adequate faith or enough faith to believe for what, uh, what was taking place. And, and again, you, you made the connection to, um, you know, his, his denial of Jesus Christ. Right, and how that yeah. probably weighted him down. So it's absolutely beautiful to see that uh, the Lord is showing us something here by calling him Simon Peter. Uh, yeah, that's really good. I like the way you, you said that about Jacob and Israel because it's so true. And again, mm-hmm. when we go back to the original run, right, it's early in the morning, Mary wakes them up, or if they're even asleep, but they're absolutely exhausted. But when he hears the news, you know, think of those, th- the interim three days, you know, before this event, you know, what was running through their mind, every sermon more than likely, right? Every message, every intimate moment of teaching, every declaration, every memory, you know, I would think if I was Peter, I'd be thinking about when he said I was blessed and, you know, he was going to give me the keys and upon this rock, I'll build my church, right? You know, or when he first met him. You know, when he first met Peter, look at look at what he, he called him. Look at John chapter 1 when he first meets him. I go over there, Brother Jeremy, would you really quick, when he first meets Jesus, very interesting. Uh, John chapter yes. 1, verse, verse 41 and 42. 41 and 42. He first finded his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So even the very first moment when he met Jesus, he he, he says, your name is Simon, but you're going to be called Peter or Cephas, right? You're going to be called the, the rock. And and so it's it's really interesting in that interim three days what was going through their heads, you know none of the other disciples came running out, <laughs> you know but but it's very interesting here. I mean what did Nathaniel think about? Right, he saw me sitting under the fig tree. Right, I mean what did what did uh, you know the others that he met think about? Each one had their own intimate experience, but but Peter. Uh, must have rehearsed so many things in his head, especially playing over and over and over in his mind uh, that night of the betrayal. And I think like Brother Fernando was, was pointing out, um, you know, the dual, the dual nature that's revealed here, because we can now, like he said, you know, if we'll, if we'll let the spirit teach us here again, when we go back to verse three, when, when they're first informed, he's identified as Peter and he immediately goes forth. You know, he hears that there's nobody there, there's no body there, and he sets out, and then the two disciples, Peter and John, begin to run together. But as they run, verse 4 seems to hint at us that Peter begins to slow down. And and then by the time we get to verse 6, he's not being called Peter anymore. He's being called Simon Peter. And so it is that that weight it is that spiritual warfare that takes you and, 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 and would seek to bring you down, to weight you down. 
and and that's how we see the the disciple here to the point that when we get to uh, what we were just reading there, when when John finally goes into the the sepulcher into the tomb, it only identifies John in verse eight as believing. Yes. Wow. Um, we have another example too, Brother Marty and my brothers, Brother Fernando and Jeremiah, uh, some, a principle or what you just mentioned, Brother Fernando. Um, in chapter 16 of the book of Matthew, remember what, what you alluded first, Brother Marty, when Jesus asked the question, you know, who do you say that I am, right? And it mm-hmm. says there, Simon Peter answered, right, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. A few verses below, Jesus is rebuking him and calls him Peter, right? Mm. Because he's operating in the in the flesh, you know, in that moment, and then but calls him Simon Peter when he responds, you know. Yeah. So that's another example of, you know, sometimes he's called Simon Peter, and sometimes just Peter, and and those are little things and hints that we can get that the Holy Spirit is telling us something, right? Yeah. Very much so. Way. So. Yeah. <clears throat> And then, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> again, this is the first day. <laughs> this is the first day. But by the end of the day, um, everything will be changed. But it's an incredibly agonizing day. And, and, uh, and we see here that Simon leaves the tomb not believing John believes. But again, it emphasizes that they hadn't had the revelation of the scripture that he must rise from the dead, which is very, very insightful as well. Because Jesus had told them, right, many times that he must go to Jerusalem, be rejected of the elders, suffer and die. But on the third day, he would rise again. Right. He told them that Uh, when he came into the temple. The, in the Nicodemus account, remember that whole ruckus he created when he first came to the very first Passover at the beginning of his ministry? And he said, you tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days, right? He's, he's, the whole time he's hinting at this. But you see, right. the emphasis of the Holy Spirit is scripture. Verse 9, for as yet they knew not the scripture, the word of God. Mm. And, and again... Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And what? Hearing by the word of God. Right? The word. So the the hearing is found in the scripture. And so that's what John's revealing here. As we got deeper into the word, they became the holy apostles, right? But, But at this moment, on the very first day, at this time, with the sun barely rising, the day has begun and so much activity is already taking place. Now, they went back to the house in verse 10, right? Well, by this time, Mary has come. And, and in verse 11, let's, let's, let's explore that a little bit because she, she, she comes. She's probably just caught up with them now and they're leaving. I don't know what Simon Peter's face looked like, but we do know this. They probably passed each other. I know she saw him. Maybe he didn't even look at her. Maybe he was ashamed. Maybe the sin that he had committed had so burdened him down that he's not just Peter with full of faith running strong the rocks. He leaves the tomb unbelieving and and conflicted with his dual nature, Simon Peter. John leaves believing. She, She looked at both of them. Maybe he couldn't even look at her. I don't know. 
but all of this is quite possible. All of this on the first day, on Resurrection Day, early in the morning. Now we come to Mary. Our attention is drawn back to Mary. Remember, we're headed to verse 19. We come to Mary. Uh, can you read that for us, Brother Jeremy? But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. Again, she wouldn't go in, but she's she's weeping. She ha- see, they had no answers for her. Isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they had no answers. And John points out why. Because they didn't know the scripture yet. The scripture that predicted it. They hadn't seen it in the word. That's like a lot of preachers today. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to go off on that. Come on. <laughs> 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 yeah, no answers. No answers. Uh, no wonder she's weeping. And the church is weeping today, brother. I tell you right now, preachers are silent. Yeah, yeah. nothing, ain't nothing. But see, we have we have uh, encouragement here because because God's about to reveal something to His church that the preachers don't even know, and that's what Mary represents. Verse twelve. Could you read that, brother Jeremy? And seeth two angels in white sittings, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And, and, and what we see here is extraordinary. Because what she sees is a picture of, of the law fulfilled. Why do you say that? Because we have an angel sitting at the head and an angel sitting at the feet. This is a picture of the Ark of the Covenant, if you can see it. Mm. And and what we see there is is there's no need for blood. You know what I'm saying? It's been paid for. It's it's how she's. It, it's almost like the Spirit is saying, it's fulfilled. It's been done. That's what she first sees. Is an angel, two angels in white, one at the head, one at the feet. And that's if you if you think of the Ark of the Covenant, that's what it looks like, right? You have angels on either side of the Ark, right, looking down at the mercy seat, which is really uh, the place where the Lord Himself would sit, you know, in type and shadow. Maybe that's too out there for some people, but <laughs> that's what we're seeing here: is 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 a is the is the covenant, the law has been fulfilled. And in verse thirteen, what do they say? It says, and they saying to her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned herself backwards. She started backing out and uh, and saw Jesus standing. Sounds familiar, right? Mm. He saw Jesus this standing Lord. and... Yeah, what are you saying, brother? <laughs> Yeah, standing. It's what we've been uh, talking. Yes, uh, people would have to go back to the last series to to really get that uh, information. So, (laughs) yeah, just (laughs) revisit it. Revisit it, but there she is, right? There he is, standing. But she knew it not. She knew not that it was Jesus. And and then he says something to her in verse fifteen. What does he say, brother Jeremy? Jesus said unto her, woman. Why weepest thou? 
whom seeketh thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Incredible. She asked him to, he asked her two questions. Why are you crying? <laughs> it's a crazy question, right? Of course, we all know why she's crying, but that's not what the Lord said to her. He wants her to ask herself, why are you crying? Because she still hasn't believed the gospel, right? She's there, and the preacher sure didn't tell her, you know? But he asked her, why are you weeping? He wants her to think about, why are you weeping? And then she sa he says this, who are you seeking? Mm. Are you seeking a dead Jesus or a resurrected Jesus? Mm. Are you seeking a historical Jesus that you remember? Ah, come on, somebody. <laughs> 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 well, are you seeking a resurrected Lord? He wanted to have her understand that and us subsequently to understand that. This is not a historical Jesus we're looking at. Because if it is, like Paul said, we're the most miserable of creatures if there's no resurrection from the dead, right? Because we're believing a mm -hmm. lie. You might as well eat, drink, you know, be merry because tomorrow you die. What's the difference? That's why he mm. asked her that question. Who are you looking for? What kind of Jesus are you looking for, Mary? Mm. <laughs> right? What kind of Jesus are you looking for, church? What kind of Jesus right. are you looking for, preacher? A historical Jesus? A philosophical Jesus? A culturally relevant Jesus? Or are you looking for a resurrected Savior, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, <laughs> praise God, right? So, But this is so cool because the way John writes it, she thought he was the gardener. And in <laughs> essence, he is. Right? He's the second Adam. Adam was mm. the first gardener. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> praise God. Remember, our first parents with the first Adam uh, and the first woman. Uh, it, it, was, it was a lousy garden to be hanging out in after a while. But here he comes and restores the garden and restores the woman. Because in verse 16, how does how does, what, is, what does he say to her? He says, Jesus said unto, unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Praise God. She knows his voice, right? Hallelujah. Behold, yes. right? The voice of my beloved. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God. Were you going to say something, brother? Powerful. She recognized his voice. He, she heard his voice and she knew him. And and that's powerful because this is much deeper than flesh, right? This is this is this is. She saw him. She looked at him, but it wasn't until she heard his voice that she knew who he was. Hallelujah! My sheep hear my voice, <laughs> and they know. Hallelujah. 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 That's why some of you have been sitting in churches for years and you go, you know what, man? I just, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I don't know about that message. I don't. But when you hear, <laughs> hallelujah, yeah. when you hear Jesus, man, <laughs> you know his voice. 
<laughs> Glory <Amen>. to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Day one, and, and, probably like and, th- and this eight, and this woman, this woman is not beguiled like Eve was, right? She that's knows. Good, yeah. Hallelujah. That's right, brother. That's yeah. good. And and oh, also okay. the voice caused her to twist, literally turn around. Yeah. She recognized it. It means, uh, it means, yes, it's just, it's a turning. It's a turning, yeah. you know. Uh, what you know? What voice are we listening to? What makes you turn? Well, the voice That's of good. Jesus made Mary <laughs> made Mary turn around. Hey, I know that voice. I recognize mm. that voice. I know who's talking. I, I'm familiar with it. I've heard it before. I know who's who's talking. Something you know when Jesus speaks, everything changes. And as you said, I'm, I'm the, sheep, <laughs> the sheep, the sheep hear his voice and they follow. They recognize it. They know him. We better be familiar with the voice of Jesus in this hour. We better be yes. familiar with the voice of the Spirit in this hour. Let me tell you something, or we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. We have to stay in tune with our ears. The Bible says Mary turned. She twisted her body. Hallelujah. When she heard Glory to God. Jesus speak. Praise the Lord. Glory to That's God. That's awesome. Yeah, and then and then and, and and what is the mark of 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 this one who recognizes his voice? She calls him master, mm. right? She doesn't call him my prosperity preacher. <laughs> she doesn't call. Right. She doesn't call him my my uh, you know whatever. My life coach. My life. Yeah, coach. my life coach. <laughs> my psych- my Christian psychologist. My psychologist. My favorite. <laughs> my favorite evangelist. <laughs> you know. My si- my single woman counselor, right? No. You know the column idiot. My goodness. My We're conference speaker. My, my conference, conference speaker. speaker. Don't get don't get me going because I got a lot of them. I got a lot of them, right? I got a million of them. <laughs> My God, we don't know the Lord anymore, brother. I'm telling you, she she knew him, and she called him master, really? master over everything. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's that's what we're gonna say. That's what that's what his church says today. He's my master. He's my mm. savior. He's mm. he's my Lord. He's my King. He's my everything. He's he's my he's he's the lion of of Judah, right? He's the he's he's the king of kings. He's my master, man. Master. There's a song that there's a song that you you have sung many times and has blessed me. Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, master, <laughs> savior, savior. Jesus, I mean, man. It's uh, that's who he is. That's who he is. Kings. Kings and kingdoms, hallelujah. Shall all <laughs> pass away. All pass away. <laughs> but there's, there's something. something about his hallelujah. name. Hallelujah. Right. Oh, and and we know, oh, I like God. what you, you said here, right? It, it's probably like, you know, 7.45 a.m. now. <laughs> 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 you know, the birds, are, the birds are singing. You can start hearing the... You know the carts on the streets of Jerusalem. You know people are starting to mill about, but she's she's there in this garden, and uh, it's just her and him, man. And she turns, like you said, and and and, uh, and that's beautiful what you said, brother Jeremy, because you can see the emotion of it. Apparently, she tried to 
to to just fall at his feet and and, and grab hold of him. I can't mm. even imagine. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, I cannot mm. imagine. Oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine that that I, I've had glimpses of like when the presence of God fills your soul, right? But that this is the first day, the first person to see him alive mm. in the history of the world. Hallelujah. Right. And she turns herself like Brother Jeremy said, and obviously she tried to grab a hold of him, right? She tried to yeah. hold on him. I've got you here, man. Hallelujah. I'm not yes, going to let you yes. go. <laughs> yes. I've spent three long days agonizing, thinking about you, loving you, weeping to such an extent that I can't weep anymore. I, and now I hear your voice and I found you, right? Or actually he found her, right? And she reaches out to grab him because she won't let him go. She wasn't going to let him go. My goodness. But what did he say to her? Verse 17. Yes. It says, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we know that she, she tried to grab him, right? She tried to hold on to him. I tell you what, brother. <laughs> I tell you what, when you haven't had him out of when you've had Jesus and then you he's no longer in your life for whatever reason, I'm not saying that she did anything bad. I'm just saying if we can dig into this a little and when he comes to you and he speaks to you, uh, you don't want to let him go. You don't want to let him go. You've been without him. You've wept, you've cried. But when he speaks, you know, that's your reaction, right? I want to hold on to him. And and that's why she turned in such a an emotional way. I know she reached out for him, but he wouldn't allow her. He, he said, "Don't don't even touch me. I haven't I haven't even." That's how fresh this was, man. That's how 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 amazingly powerful it was, uh, and how soon after the resurrection, he had not even ascended yet to present himself to the Father. And you know, I think. You know, we should we should we should pick it up here tomorrow because I don't want to. We haven't got to the to verse nineteen because there's other things that we have to look at still. The day's just getting started, bro. <laughs> this oh, is probably oh, yeah. seven forty-five, eight o'clock in the morning. But tomorrow we'll go and see what happened the rest of the day because it's incredible. So by the time we get to 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 the peace be unto you, my goodness. It will, will be so high in the heavenly realm by then. I don't know. We might just get raptured. But there's an insight here. He says, I haven't ascended to my father. And so we'll begin here tomorrow and uh, and, 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 and think about what, what, in, what, what happened in that ascension. Because there's all kinds of scriptures that begin to tell us what happened on this first day of the week, this this beginning of the creation of God. And we'll close with this. Mm, mm. She couldn't touch him because he was functioning as the high priest. He had yet to ascend and present himself as the representative high priest of all of humanity, all who would believe. 
and he would have to go into the throne where the Father is and present himself to the Father as being the holy and the spotless, blameless Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. And so tomorrow we're going to pick it up from here because he would go present himself to God and we'll dig into that because that's what he told her he had to do. And he said, now you go tell my brothers that. That's why John mentions this. I ascend unto my father. John was a priest. He understood what was being said here. He understood the language and Jesus knew John would understand. And Mary would come in verse 18 and go tell them everything that the Lord had told her. And 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 this is so amazing because... When he ascends, that's what we'll begin to look at tomorrow. All the things that happened when he ascended and, and all the things that were still going on down on the planet because Jesus is about to leave this dimension and go into the very throne room of God. But not before he revealed himself to this precious saint of God who loved him so much. And really, in, in many ways, in many respects, right, she became the first preacher of the gospel. She became the de declarer, the one woman who failed in the garden. This woman comes out of the garden saying, he's alive. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Any closing thoughts for today, brothers? <laughs> good good, uh, good groundwork right there. The foundation to uh, propel us to tomorrow. Um, usually the... Uh, it was where we spent a lot of time laying the groundwork so that people can understand where we're headed. So I, I thought it was excellent. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was there. <laughs> My mind. Me too, brother. You, did you want to say something, Jeremiah? I didn't know. Yeah. I felt like I was there. I could see everything going on. And especially in the last as Mary's on her knees crying and she hears the voice of her beloved and she just turns and sees the glory of God right there. I can really see that. And that, that, I think that's really powerful and that's a good way to end it right there. She heard the voice of her beloved. She turned and she saw him. And, um, you know, listen back to the other podcast and the other series we did and you'll understand what we're talking about. <laughs> right. So that, that was powerful. That was powerful. That was really good. First, uh, you know, we we started this series, uh, Brother Marty speaking, that while it was still yet dark, and we see all this anxiety and people bumping into each other, into each other, doors are being knocked down. Hey, something's happening. Where's the body? And by the time the morning, the light, the sun comes out, something begins to happen. Something Hallelujah. begins to happen. Now I understand things like. That, that John would say, like, hey, brothers and sisters, God is light, and in him <laughs> there is Hallelujah. no darkness at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, I, so tomorrow, if the Lord allows us to, we're going to be digging into uh, a transformation that begins to happen as the day goes. Hallelujah. Leading up to verse 19 and the rest of the verses in this chapter. So I'm excited. I pray that you've been blessed as much as we have. And, um, I mean, there were so many highlights of this study we had today. Uh, I was really moved when when, um, when we read in, in, in Luke who this Mary Magdalene was, uh, yeah. that she was the woman who had seven spirits, seven devils. I mean, I can barely deal with one. Imagine seven of them. 
my lord. <laughs> so, you know, you know you <laughs> So this is the caliber, the caliber of of a testimony of what God had done in a woman that had seven devils. Think my about lord. that for a moment because in that is my story, in that is your story. Yes. Amen. So, uh, this, man, this this has been such a uh, tremendous, as Brother Fernando said, groundwork to to really give us a picture. That, that that's what Brother we, Marty was trying I'll, to do. I'll say give us this: we we Go ahead, I don't want to cut you off there, but we've been in the flow of the Spirit. Those that have yes. been listening with us uh, from the from the outset, the very beginning, uh, you know what I'm talking about. We've been in the flow, uh, a move yeah. of the Spirit leading us to here. So to, yes. to really understand what we're sensing, uh, I want to uh, invite you and challenge you. Go and listen to the last podcast, the last series. And even if you have to go back and listen to the ones before that, but it, it's where the Lord has us and where he's taken us. So you can see how, how scripture is lining up and how it all complements each other. And then yeah. what we spoke about today and, and going forth, we'll, we'll, It'll just grow. It'll just broaden. It'll just become greater, you know. It'll take you in deep, you know. Waters to swim in. That's where we're at right now. Amen. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Go listen listen to the the previous series. And if you can, start from the beginning. uh, And you'll know what the Lord is saying. Amen. Amen. You know, all all it takes, I want to tell the listener, all it takes, God is just simply looking for a vessel that he can fill. The information is here. God is speaking. It's up to you if you want to go after it. It's up to you how hungry. And let me tell you something. You can't even seek the Lord if he doesn't draw you to himself. So yes. that's just the beginning. You can say, God, put in me this hunger. And you will see and you will find that joy in speaking of the word of God. I know that these podcasts literally has have been a daily bread for a lot of people, including ourselves. You know, it's it's not just coming here and just teaching and look. No, 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 no. We're not here to talk to you about beautiful things and <laughs> and this is what give our opinion. No, we're speaking to you from the Word of God, Amen. And uh, and that's what uh, something has to be dri- uh, drive you, Amen. It's that Holy Spirit, that hunger for Him. Now is the time to fill your cup. You that are listening now. Now is the time to fill yourself with the word because it is this that is going to propel you in the next coming days. It's the word, the lamp, and the oil. Amen? So we pray that you have been blessed, and uh, we pray the Lord uh, uh, bless you. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And keep looking up.